Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Hello and welcome everyone to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I am your host, Lindsay McCowan, and we are on the Empower the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And today we're going to be talking about how to step out of fear and step into your voice. And we've been talking a lot recently in my Women Thriving Unapologetically Facebook group, as well as the Awaken the Divine Feminine program that I lead for women about how important it is for us to be able to find our voice. And oftentimes that can be incredibly difficult if we have a lot of fear standing in our way, fear of being shamed or fear of being ridiculed or um, any of those, all the different fears that can show up that kind of create a barrier for us to really, you know, claim our space, claim our voice, and also in doing so claim our purpose. So, Before we invite in our amazing guest today, I would like us just to, like we always do, just take a moment to stop and pause and breathe and center ourselves. So wherever you are, you can just take a moment, even if you are driving the car, you don't close your eyes, don't do that. You can take a moment just to connect to your breath. So wherever you are, you can stand, you can sit, you can lie down, eyes open or closed. And just take some deep, full belly breaths, bringing the breath all the way down into the belly. And ladies, let your belly soften, not trying to cinch up your waist, but let the belly be soft and full because this is the seat of your power, where your power resides. And then you exhale and feel that navel hug towards the spine like a gentle, inward, comforting hug that you give yourself. So when you breathe in, the belly softens and moves away from the spine. And when you breathe out, the belly moves towards the spine. Just gentle breaths here can start to activate some of that energy of the navel center, which is the seat of our power. Okay, and then when you're ready, you can can stay here and continue to breathe as we bring in our guests and listen to her amazing wisdom as we go through the show, or you can just join us without worrying about the breath. Okay, so (laughs) today's guest is Holly Zazier, and she is an amazing woman. I had the pleasure of being on her podcast, How the Wise One Grows, which is an incredible, I love the name of that podcast. (laughs) Holly loves sharing what supports her well-being with others, and she has worked as an educator, an entrepreneur, speaker, artist, writer, and is a lifelong learner of yoga and mindfulness. And she currently feels most connected to sharing her writing, speaking, and mindfulness. After graduating from the University of Virginia and starting Connect Wellness, a business dedicated to sharing wellness resources rooted in yoga and mindfulness, Holly started to feel curious about what the next step for her work would be. So in the midst of feeling unsure of what to do, she got a little nudge, do what feels joyful or what brings you joy, which I love. And with those words in mind, Holly started the How the Wise One Grows podcast and wrote her first book, which is coming soon, which I hope she's going to tell us all about. 
And these two mediums are bringing her joy and lighting what comes next, one breath at a time. So welcome, welcome, Holly. It's so good to see you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of this space and this community with you. Yeah. And so, Holly, uh, we got in touch, I think, through a... um, a business group, a Facebook group, and we reached out to one another because she had a podcast. I had a radio show coming up all about the same time. I'm like, oh, let's just interview each other. And so mm-hmm. I had the pleasure of being on her podcast first, which was awesome. So I would definitely highly recommend listening to How the Wise One Grows. She has an incredible guest. Um, so what I would love to do is just dive right in because to this idea of joy, I think we're in so mm-hmm. stuck in the busyness of our life that we are like thinking that the joy will come later on, that we have to do all the things in order for the joy to come. And yet you recognize that in order to do the things that uh, to really be able to be in that creative place that, the you know, you had to be living the joy. So can you tell us a little bit about how your joy informs your life and your creativity? Yeah, I think... A lot of it goes back to like thinking about that child self of you, like that little kid for me, it's seven-year-old, like that's the purest, most joyful Holly, like playing in the mud, climbing trees, being outside, not brushing my hair. Like that is when I feel my most like ah, joy, this like giddy excitement. And I feel like I really noticed over the years, it gets softer and softer. Maybe softer isn't the right word because I like the word softer. They make it quieter and quieter and less prominent. And I, as a young adult, found myself like I, um, for those into astrology, I have a lot of Saturn in my chart, which makes me very like go, 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 task oriented, can be very hard on myself, very critical, also can really get things done. So it's a strength and there are some things to balance with it. And I found myself really stepping into that more critical space and feeling like I always needed to be doing and accomplishing and growing and getting this, that, and the other done. And it took away the joy. Like here I was, I had grown a business teaching what I love, yoga and mindfulness, and the ability to do that every day. And I wasn't having fun anymore. I felt drained. I felt depleted. I felt burnt out. I felt like I couldn't even hear her anymore. Like I couldn't even hear that joy anymore. And, you know, this also is coinciding with the pandemic um, when there's so much stress going on. So this adrenal fatigue and burnout is all very real. And I'm really just sitting in it and like, I just feel like I can't even do anything. And I know I have so much to give and so much to live, not even to give, but to like live for me. and. My best friend, um, I actually just got to do an episode on how the wise one grows with her um, on the power of female friendship with Emma Hearn. And she really saw me in this in a way that there's just certain people in your life who see through you. So sometimes that's yeah. hard. Sometimes we'll avoid each other. Yeah, we're like, ah, exactly. I'm not ready to deal with <laughs> I don't want to be seen that much today. <laughs> exactly. But she really saw me and what I was going through when I deeply needed it. And she just looked at me. And I think in my in my Christmas card, she wrote, Find, follow what feels joyful and forget the rest. 
And I was like, well, yeah, like, what have I been doing? So with those words in mind, I've had these nudges. I've wanted to start a podcast for years. I've wanted to write a book for even more years. Um, But I think I was just in that pressure mode of the critical, like, oh, you can't really do that. Or how, why are you going to leave all of this behind and this and that and the other? But I just let those words come in, like follow what feels joyful and forget the rest. And people are gravitated to that. So at the beginning of this year, I really just focused on letting myself lean into that, letting myself lean into my voice with less judgment, letting myself like not feel this need to sit at the desk for eight hours a day when I've built a life where I don't actually have to do that. There's just something in my head telling me that. So that might have meant, all right, instead of sitting at the desk for 10 minutes, I'm going to go outside on a walk for 10 minutes. Or I'm going to just color and draw for 10 minutes, not having any, like, not thinking, oh, it's not good enough. That can never be an illustration or whatever. Just letting myself put out there what was inside. And the more I started to do that, the more I felt myself coming back to life. Like I felt her again. I felt myself laughing again. I felt myself being really goofy in moments again. I let myself walk barefoot and play in the mud and be more like my dog. (laughs) And the more that's (laughs) right, dogs are the best. They're like our very greatest teachers. And as I started to do that, I found myself creating something that felt more authentic to me, that brought me back to life. And that's what I want to be putting out there more and more. It's just those things. And it's always joyful and the happy, like ignore the hard things kind of the way, but joy and like, yeah, this is really hard right now. And I'm going to fully be here for it. Mm-hmm. And let that be a part of this experience. Let that be a part of something I'm going to shine the light on all of the parts, the good, the bad, the hard, the silly, all of it gets to hold space here. And there's so many, there's so many things that you just said. And I'm like, my brain is lighting up right now. Like, which one do I go to first? <laughs> um, but, you know, I think there's a lot of women out there that can relate that they're you know, they're, they, they're following something that brings them joy, like, you know, in their work, but then they get mm-hmm. so caught up in it. I mean, you know, I'm a yoga meditation, yoga ninja teacher, mentor coach, all that stuff. And then I like, this is what I want to do. But then mm-hmm. you get so, you know, you start to, some part of yourself wants to push, push you and push you and push you. And then you have to ask yourself, well, what part of is that? Is that really the part of me that's aligned with my higher self, or is it a part that's aligned with my ego and some idea Mm -hmm. that I've been taught that I have to push hard to be successful. And then you keep pushing yourself to the point where like, well, this doesn't even feel good anymore. I know it's my path, but it doesn't even feel good anymore. So, and then you start to question, was it really my path if I'm not feeling good? Um, And so that whole vicious cycle. And I love how you're like, wait a second, you know, you did, you took, you know, you have the practices and the tools. And then by using them, you were able to hear, just bring what you know, bring in what brings you joy and having the courage to follow that because, you know, we have an incredibly busy life. And so it's one thing to say, okay, I'm going to bring in joy and, and forget all the rest, but how can you forget all the things that you have to do, especially if you're a mom or an entrepreneur, like, you know, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. If I, if I don't show up for work, nothing gets done. Like all, Mm -hmm. everything stops. Everything stops. And I think a lot of women can feel that way um, as, you know, caregivers to their 
children or to aging parents or having their business. So we can't really forget all everything else, but how can we bring that joy in to those moments that are like really just typically very unjoyful? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's when it becomes a real practice of wholeness, you know, just recognizing that like in every ounce of discomfort, there's a drop of joy. And in every joy, there's a drop of discomfort. And how can we hold both and allow ourselves to feel and experience both? So and I really duality. hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, it, it, they're both always there. And I think our, our culture and our world tries to train us to lean into one or the other and blur the, or not blur those lines, make it very clear lines, but they're not. It's all blur. It's all one. Um, and I really experience that as well in the workspace when what you love and what is your healing is your profession. It can kind of like, it's a gift to be able to do what you love and wake up and do that every day. And also on some level, I found it steals some of the joy of that thing, just being for you and for healing. And, and part of this process for me has been reclaiming some of the things that bring me joy. So yeah, right now I'm like sipping from one of the teacups I've made and you know, I taught um, ceramics and sold ceramic works for years and I wasn't having fun anymore. So I had to be like, you know, this one's for me. This one just gets to be what brings me joy. And it doesn't have to be my work and my livelihood. There are other areas that I can put that in. And this one's just got to come back to nourish me. Because if I put all of my things that nourish my soul out to others in a giving way, then I'm depleted. So it's kind of like reclaiming this one's mine. And then I can give you that. Yeah, I love that because it's just like, okay, you're going to sit and you're going to create something without the judgment, without it having to be um, make money or, mm -hmm. you know, it's just purely for the joy and the love of it so that it can deeply nourish you. And, and I also like how you started to like ask your younger self, like, what is, what did my younger self like to do? And is that still... Is that still relevant to me at this age? And if it is, then let's go do it. Or I don't even know anymore, but let's go give it a try. Let's go put my feet in some mud and let it squish between your toes and see if that brings you joy or being outside or redefining what that is. And then I love what you said and claiming it. Yeah. And I think you're really right about like finding what brings you joy today. I think in a conversation you had with Yolanda, you were saying like, yeah, it might not be the slip and slide for me anymore, but maybe it's like this instead. And also like putting yourself in that vulnerable situation where you're like, I don't think I'm going to like this, but I'm going to try it anyway and see what happens. Because those, I think, moments of surprise and unknown are when joy can really trickle in. When you don't have that expectation, you don't have that control, when you have to surrender in this very raw way joy can come in in a really big way. And, you know, this idea of letting yourself be vulnerable. I mean, you know, vulnerable is not what we would consider <laughs> in our culture a positive word because it actually comes from the Latin word of wound. So you're almost like mm -hmm. setting yourself up to be wounded or hurt and nobody wants to do that. But I love the work by Brene Brown because she talks that about how vulnerability, this uncertainty and taking a risk, um, is actually that that place where 
new creativity can come or something new can be sparked. And it's that moment um, where you have to loosen the control, which is not easy. And then that's when Mm -hmm. you step in that moment of great courage. And then that's where something beautiful can come. So we're gearing up for our first break, which is kind of crazy. And this is a bigger topic, (laughs) but, you know, I really love to talk to you you know, about the role that vulnerability has played in your life and how you have been able to navigate the vulnerability. I mean, we can start now and then we, I might have to interrupt you to for yeah. break. Go ahead, go for we it. We can start now and it'll, it'll, it'll go on. But I will, if I'm being perfectly honest, I think the last year is the first time I think I've fully allowed myself to be vulnerable because it's the first time in my life that I have been super consciously focusing on saying what I really feel and believe and not just what I think you want to hear. I'm a very empathetic person and I have built a really good way of navigating the world by being like, oh, you want this and you want me to be that and I can mold this way and that way and the other to feel safe and loved and enough. And in this last year, it's been this big question for me of, well, what if I let those voices get quiet? And I actually listen what she wants. And what she has to say and getting to know that and then stepping into that and loving myself enough that that is enough and not needing to mold into what you want me to be to feel loved or what I think you want me to be to feel loved. Yeah, and there's so much energy in, that you is used to try to create yourself in or in the way that you think other people want you to be and how to mm-hmm. kind of move and be in the in a way that will please them, therefore make you feel safe and of value. So I can imagine, I mean, I've done this for myself that when you let go of that, all of a sudden you have all this untapped energy that can actually feel very fulfilling and enlivening. And I don't know, do you feel that way? Yes, I think it's scary. It's one of the scariest, hardest things I've ever done. And when I do it, I feel free. I feel this weight off my chest and this big breath. And then scary and, freedom, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the, the moments that we felt have felt the most free have probably been those times that where we've broken through some fear barriers. I mean, that is the, that's how we step into a bigger threshold or of being able to be in our fuller capacity. And then we do it again and come into even a bigger capacity to hold more. So, um, okay, we're going to come back to this, but I do have to <laughs> go to break. So if you're listening, we are with Holly Zazier and we're talking a lot about how to step out of your fear and find your voice. And we've been talking about vulnerability and we're going to pick up this topic when we come back. But in the meantime, while we're on break, take a moment to download my three favorite practices that will get you super grounded and connected so that you can move from a steady and joyful place. And you can find that on my website at lindsaymccowan.com or on Instagram at lindsaymccowan. And we'll be right back with Holly Zazier. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. 
When you awaken the Divine Feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful, magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone, to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I'm Lindsay McCowan, and I'm here with Holly Zazier. And we're talking about how to step out of your fear and find your voice. And we, before we went to break, we're talking about vulnerability and how vulnerability is actually a doorway to finding more freedom and also um, this idea of how do we give ourselves simply permission? This is where I want to start on this segment of the show is like, where, how do we just simply give ourselves permission to let go of some of the control that gives us that sense of safety? Because if we let go, then we're going to feel very vulnerable and we can say it and it sounds so simple, but it's actually really hard. So Holly, how did you, you know, navigate the fear that was coming up so that you could give yourself permission to be vulnerable? Yeah. So for me, again, it's not one of those things that happened all at once overnight. That's something you shared with me. And I I think that's the thing I resonate most with to be true. So for me, I've been through different times in my life that I have been required to get to know myself more deeply. And I think my first meditation teacher explained mindfulness or explained a friend as someone you waste enough time with. And meditation holds space for you to become friends with yourself. So ever since I heard those words and I really became dedicated to like, hmm, like, who is she? Like, what's in there? I want to get to know her and be her own friend. Um, So really starting in college is when I honed in on having a morning practice and routine to just get really curious about what's inside of me, who she is, what she's experiencing. And it's really deepened over the years and evolved a lot. But for me, that permission has started with holding space to get to know myself every day and letting myself write, say, move, express whatever it is in there, like no judgment space. This is me where I get to be fully raw and say the things I'm most afraid of to me and to hold it with love. And I need to first be able to know all of those parts and to love all of those parts to then put it out there. So for me, it's a constant waking up in the morning, writing. I wake up and I do a meditation. I've been really enjoying Kundalini yoga in the mornings as well now to get that energy moving. And then I write for an hour. And 
sometimes that hour looks a little bit different, but a lot of times it'll just be writing in poetry form for me or whatever, just words come out exactly what's there, even if I'm really afraid of it. And sometimes I'm so afraid of what's there that I'll like write it and I'm like, oh shit, did I just say that? And like delete <laughs> it. Cause I'm like, no one can ever even see this document only I have access to. Like, I, but it's really become a practice of like, if something's there, if it's inside of me, I need to listen to it and hear it and hold yeah. space for it. And that, like, if something's inside of you that wants to come forward, you have to listen to it and not push it down mm-hmm. or delete it. Exactly. <laughs> and even if it starts with the like, I wrote it and I deleted it. Okay, I wrote it. Maybe next time I won't delete it. You know, it's meeting yourself where you're at and scaffolding along the way because getting to know yourself that deeply is a really scary, hard thing. And also one of the most beautiful gifts you can give yourself because I think it really came down to the point for me, like I'm in this life and this is who I am in it. And if I'm not actually going to get to know her and step into her, like, what am I doing here? Like, yeah, I can, I know I can mold and mesh around and navigate the social norms, the way that we kind of need to, to get by and feel safe and secure. But also, is that true to what's inside of me? And I think it just became this feeling depleted and drained by not doing that to the point that it was like, well, I have no other choice but to do this. And then once I started practicing it with myself, starting, and this is the work I'm really in right now, is is practicing it in those close relationships where you feel safe. So with family, um, in my marriage, with friendships, saying things that I never would have said before saying things that I've been feeling and experiencing that I never put words to express because I just wanted to be what you wanted me to be. So I would feel loved. And now it's this space of, I am getting to know myself more and getting to love myself enough that I want you to actually know me and love me for me too. And that can feel really vulnerable because as we start, when we're anyone that's doing this work and on a spiritual path that we start to let those older parts of ourselves go that have created the the protection, the armor to keep us safe for whatever reason we feel like we need to be um, held in safety and security. And then as we let those parts go, we let an, the other parts of ourselves come forward. And it's almost like a reintroduction to the people that have been with us for a really long time. And I love how you start with yourself, like it's befriending yourself because we, your best friend is you. Like you, when you were born, that you are with yourself until every single breath, every single moment of your life until you die. So it behooves you to take the time to say, who am I? And who is this person that I'm living with day in and day out? And just being with yourself so that you can really understand all of you and make space for all of those parts to be present and there and heard is incredibly powerful and what I'm hearing you say is that, therefore, you're able to hold that space for other people and, and be vulnerable, share who this new person is. Like, hey, let me introduce you to this, this person called Holly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love her now. And I want you to love her too. But if you don't, I love her so much, I don't need you to love her in the same way because exactly. I, I got her. Yeah. And I think it's been a practice, too, of this radical self self-compassion. Like I think before I, and still 
hold myself to the standard of like, oh, I have to be perfect. I have to do everything perfectly. And in, and not perfect in like necessarily my actions, but I've always really believed I need to be perfect to other people, to be loved, to be okay with myself. And I think it's really getting to this point now where it's like, huh, remember you're a person you're imperfect by definition. Mm -hmm. So I am just dedicated to not being perfect. I am dedicated to loving myself and being wildly compassionate with myself and all of my mistakes and all of my flaws and all of my wholeness. And that's the best I can do. That's the best I can do every day. I can't say I'm going to wake up and not make mistakes and not get angry or upset or forget about a meeting, but I can wake up and say that I'm going to love myself wildly through all of that. Mm, wildly compassionate. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard anyone put those together. I'm going to be wildly compassionate to myself. And so when you are wildly compassionate with yourself, how does that help you navigate, you know, the challenging times that, you know, there's life is challenging. Like doing this work mm-hmm. doesn't mean all of a sudden that your life is you know, roses and perfect. It's like, it. how does it help you navigate the harder times? Yeah. So I don't know if you're familiar with Kristen Neff, but Kristen Neff does a lot of work on the science of self-compassion. And it's really working with your nervous system. She talks about like when you are in criticism and comparison, it's actually activating your stress response, your fight or flight. It puts you in that tense state in that fight or flight, that stress that we already have plenty of. And when you are compassionate it act, and self-compassionate, often we think like, oh, I'll be too easy on myself. I won't get anything done. Compassion does the opposite. It'll actually increase your willpower. It'll activate the parasympathetic nervous system and your mammalian caregiving system. It'll increase your ability to meet your own needs. So when I consciously make the choice to meet myself with compassion, I'm also communicating through my nervous system and regulating my body to meet my own needs, to be okay in this moment, to tend to myself in this deep cellular way Mm. so that then I can align my action and my words and my life in that as well. But it's really this like kind of way of just giving your nervous system a hug by doing that. Yeah, I love that deep cellular way. It just was when you said that, I felt like there was just this bath of nourishment, almost like ambrosia, where your cells are just bathed and they're when they feel so undernourished. I think if anyone really could tap in and feel at a deep cellular level, they might notice that there's this this depletion there that we can actually start to to answer and and fill back up. And I was wondering, you know, how give me an example of what self-compassion, like when you're in that moment, when the judgment and the criticism wants to come forward, what is an act of self-compassion? Like what is the dialogue that you say, or do you move your body or do you, Mm -hmm. what are some of the tools that you use? Cause a lot of us are like, well, you know, I can't just say, if I say, I'm, you know, I'm stupid. I can't turn around and say I'm smart because part of me doesn't believe that if I really believe I'm stupid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Kristen Neff has three steps. She breaks down that I've kind of like modified for myself. But it starts with just this awareness, like, okay, this is a moment of suffering. This is a mistake. Like, this is, this is what happened. Awareness, acknowledging, like, no judgment here. This is what it is. Then it moves into acceptance and saying, like, you know what? 
I'm a human saying something that's true. So for me, I think of it as stepping stones. If I just made a big mistake and the next thing I try to tell myself is that I'm perfect, it's like, no, like we don't believe that this doesn't add up. That's not true. So I have to give myself the next best thing I can believe till I can reach that goal thought, which wouldn't be that I'm perfect, but it would be that I'm still loved or something like that. So the next thing often for me will start with like, is I'm human and all humans make mistakes. All humans experience suffering or pain. Mm -hmm. Then asking yourself, what do you, what do you need right now? Like, what does that part of you that's hurting right now need? And often it'll be physically embodying that for me. So a gesture that feels compassionate. So maybe it'll, for me, it's typically putting my hands on my heart and taking like five deep breaths. And just letting myself feel held, feeling the support of the earth beneath me. Or maybe, and a lot of times it's this one, it's eating some chocolate. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do I need right now? I need to lay in bed, eat some chocolate in my robe with a face mask. Like, that's going to be compassion for me right now. Or maybe it's I need to shut the computer and go on a run. Whatever it is, just really tending to like, okay, well, what do you need right now? Like, what, what, what's going to make you feel that nurturing comfort? But the, the go-to, I would say, that's easiest to do throughout your day is some gesture that feels compassionate, bringing you into your body and reconnecting you with your breath, that'll pull in the nervous system. So if you don't know what to do, if your voice that's wounded isn't really ready to tell you what they need yet because they don't know, focus on like giving yourself a hug, kind of like telling the body you're safe, getting an oxytocin boost. Mm-hmm. regulating the nervous system and then see where, where it wants to go from there. Maybe that's enough or maybe there's a next step. Yeah. And so to recap, it's like it always starts with awareness that we have to be aware that we're in that moment. Cause sometimes those thoughts are just so habitual and repetitive. We're not even conscious that we're not being compassionate with ourselves, with our thoughts, especially because those are kind of on repeat. I think a lot of times someone we have like 95% of our thoughts are the same thing every day. So we're repeating over mm-hmm. and over again that, you know, I'm not worthy or I suck or whatever it is, those harsh critical words, or it could even be more subtle, you know, it could be those body checks that we're always doing that we think are so normal that, okay, wait, I just did that again. I looked in the mirror and I, I had this, this fleeting, this, this quick thought that, oh, look, you know, I'm getting more of a muffin top or whatever it is, or I have a new wrinkle or gray hair or I'm not as pretty as I used to be or my friend and like oh okay that's not compassionate at all and then just holding space for those emotions to be there because they are connected to some part of ourselves that has a little wounding and just like if we had a small child that was wounded we wouldn't you know just say suck it up like oh how can I tend to this part of myself and make space for that and I love the piece about you know what do you need like what do you need right now and allowing that and that that to come forward and putting your hands somewhere on your body, your heart or your belly immediately gives you that sense of nourishment and connectivity to yourself. Again, befriending yourself. And I feel like even that simple act of putting your hand on your chest and taking a few breaths is going to shift you out of that sympathetic rhythm where you feel mm-hmm. activated and small or trapped or whatever you're feeling in that moment. Did I get it all? 
Yeah. And I think one thing too, that I'm, I'm trying to add in more and more that I didn't say before too, is like celebrating it. Like you did all of that. Like once you've done that, like, Oh, and this is where a lot of joy can come in. Like give yourself a celebration, let yourself like revel in. Yes. I just did some hard work. Like, Oh, like give yourself a treat, like do something that just feels good and let yourself feel good about it. Even though maybe you made a mistake, you've now grown in this really deep and profound way. And we need to celebrate and acknowledge that. And I I teach this to my clients too, is like, okay. And I always say, I give them the steps of doing these pattern interrupts because we want to interrupt the pattern that keeps us spinning and the, the, the things that don't bring us joy. But I always say you have to end it with a celebration because what the celebrating does is it bathe your brain and all of those yummy neurochemicals of serotonin and endorphins and um, what's the other one? Dopamine. So mm-hmm. it's just, and so when you do that, you're just reinforcing all of a sudden your body's like, well, hell yeah. I've, I just got like a massive treat, you know, even better than chocolate. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're like, I want more of that. So what, and then your brain goes, okay, what did I do to deserve this yummy treat? I was like, oh yeah, I celebrated myself. And so then you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. And then what happens is it shifts you into that joy, uh, a more joyful state. Um, And it does take a lot of repetition. I mean, I feel like I've been doing this for decades and I I still have to do it. Um, And just so that I, and because I've been inherently a negative person, you know, taught to see that. Well, we think about. Yeah. And we think about all the decades that we didn't do it and that we were doing the reverse. So that neural pathway, that muscle is way stronger. So yeah, we're doing the work and we're getting stronger. Maybe it's not the same as strong as something that's been doing it for our whole lives, but over time it can get there and we can just keep strengthening that muscle day by day, breath by breath. Yeah. Day by day, breath by breath. And so we're heading up to, I can't believe this. I say this every single day. Like, <laughs> oh my God, we're running out. Of, we're, the time goes by so fast. But I do want to come back to this and get maybe some more skills or more tools from some of our listeners of how to really give ourselves permission, how to be compassionate with ourselves and allow ourselves to be vulnerable and how that ties into, you know, how does that change our ability to find our voice? Um, because I think a lot of women nowadays feel like our power of voice is being stripped away and Mm -hmm. it's incredibly important for us to be able to find our voice. And then how do we apply that out there in the world? So, um, if you're listening, please stay with us. We're with Holly Zazier and we're having an incredible conversation here. And during the break, if you want to get up and stretch, do so. And if you'd like to join our Facebook community, it's called women thriving unapologetically. And we'll be hanging out there after the show where we can connect with Holly, answer your questions, and you can join the community that is rising and thriving together unapologetically. We'll be right back. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. 
When you awaken the Divine Feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone, to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I'm Lindsay McCowan, and we are here with Holly Zazier. And we're going to jump right back in because we don't have a whole lot of time left in our show. So, Holly, I would love for us to pick up where we left off. And I'd really like to hear how by giving ourselves permission to be vulnerable, giving ourselves, bathing ourselves in this compassion will help us actually find our voice. And what does that even, what does that mean to you to find your voice? Yeah, what it means to me to find my voice, I think is a little bit of what we touched on at the beginning of this conversation, is that turning down the volume of all the social, cultural things, of all the opinions that you perceive others have in their mind, and really getting to know what it is you feel, think, and believe. And then once you know that, being willing to step into that and to hold space for that, And not being as concerned with how it's received, but just stepping into that space that feels raw, that feels pure, that feels true to you. It's how I have this vision of you just standing there and just putting a stake in the ground and like, this is who I am. And I'm not going to waver from this because society or my family wants me or is used to me being a certain way. And like, no, this is Mm -hmm. is who I am. I've befriended myself and I'm going to stand up for her. Exactly. And when you say that, like putting a stake in the ground, that's like, this this is new territory for me. And that's what I've been paying attention to in those conversations and in those moments when I feel my head getting fluttery with a million thoughts or my heart racing and feeling scared or angry or whatever it is, feeling my feet, feeling where my feet touch the earth, landing in my body, taking a big breath resonating with like, what did you just say? How did that make me feel? Let me breathe here. What's real for me. And then saying that and stepping into that, but really letting myself embody, like I am standing here right now. Here is my breath. I am regulated within me. And now I'm going to practice stepping into that. And then I'll say it and it'll be scary. And maybe that's when I need to put my hands on my heart again. And celebrate the fact that I did that and nurture myself and be really compassionate to myself for taking that big, scary step and then working myself up to be able to step into that again. You know, and this reminds me, 
you know, in the Awaken the Divine Feminine program that I'm leading, we're talking a lot about this goddess energy of Kali. And if you're not familiar with Kali, she's just this powerful, fierce uh, warrior goddess who, you know, she can have that sacred rage or um, she can be like this incredible, powerful, swift action who doesn't compromise her soul's calling, her soul's connection, her spiritual purpose. And so when we really connect, I see this as, you know, when we really connect to who we are, how can we channel some of that power? And I hear, what I hear you saying is like, okay, instead of saying something that might be from that place, that wounded place where I might just lash out from anger and have, you know, some regret saying that later on, <laughs> that you take a moment. And these moments are, are don't have to be like five minutes. Like you just sit there like, okay, feel my feet on the ground take a couple breaths, presence myself to what I'm feeling and allow that nervous system to slow down a little bit so some of that, the powerful wisdom can come forward through your voice instead of just that fight or flight or fawn, freeze, whatever it is. It could be any of those things in response to our system being activated. Um, and so that reminds me of that power. That's That's the real power. It's not the power to push or overcome it's the power of being really in your body and be able to very connected to it and then from that place then you can voice find your voice yeah exactly and I think I'm maybe more used to not stepping into that Kali that powerful energy and maybe more just like appeasing others so that practice will come in for me first being like the appeasing but also the other hand I really experience of like when I do have that fire when I do have that rage I don't know how to control it yet you know so how do I I think my therapist and I talked about it as she's like before you used to keep everything in the purse you kept it bottled up you didn't open it up for anyone now you're kind of just dumping the bag on the table and everything <laughs> falls out. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And it's now this point of we still want to open the purse, and, but you want to reach in and give that person exactly what you're intending to. Not all the other stuff, but like, okay, and here's that piece of gum or like whatever it is. So that ability to pause, open up and intentionally say what is most authentic and true and kind of getting past all the other layers, all the other insecurities or doubts that might be flooding in and coming to the root of what's needed, what needs to be heard, what needs to be received. And that for me is definitely sacred power right there. That is the power of, you know, Kali, if we wanted to talk about her, but but it is that m moment where like, oh, I have taken this moment to check in with myself and align myself with what is really my core being, my core, my core essence. And then I, I move from that. And therefore, I'm not um, afraid to give or I'm not giving too much. I'm just giving exactly mm -hmm. what I have intended to give so that I am still fully resourced. And then the other people that I'm connecting with can receive what I'm offering without it being too much or too little. Yes. Is that fair to say? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it is, you know, I don't want to sound like, oh, Kali energy is we're just going to like lash out and slay people. Um, that's not the, the power of that. Um, and I can see how in here from you is that 
and I want to make sure everyone knows is that this isn't a one and done thing. Like this is a, these are lifetime practices because we have a lifetime of things to unpack. Um, And not just our lifetime, but all the lifetimes of our ancestors who came before us, who passed on all of their stuff for us to take care of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really have felt myself like that Kali energy, that fire is something that I really repressed for the majority of my life. And now as I'm trying to do the opposite, it's like, wait a minute, like, what do we do? I don't know what to do with this. And it's, I want that. I love her. I love her fire. Do I want to be able to control her a little more? Yeah, but we're still getting to meet each other and to know each other. So also really focusing on that compassion when I mess up with it, because I'm just learning how to meet this whole new energy of me. So I've had those moments where I've overreacted or snapped and really beat myself up about it and trying to be more and more in space with this is a new relationship I'm forming, a new part of myself I'm getting to know. Mm -hmm. So how can I let her be here? Because I love her. I want her here. And there's other like, you know, we don't have to be throwing our three-year-old tantrum right now. We can tune in and remember that you are this wise, strong soul. And how can we work together? Yeah. And love all the parts of yourself. Like love every single part that is showing up in that moment. And even if you have that three-year-old that has just had a tantrum, how can you love her and not punish her? Mm. Yes. Um, because she had to make herself known in that moment. And, and it's just an evolution of awakening. And, you know, those are, I think, I really wish we could see all of our listeners and say, hey, raise your hand if you feel like you have this energy that needs to come forward and then you snap and then you feel regretful of it or then you feel guilty and you don't know how to find your voice or you have too much of a voice and then all the emotions around that. And I think that everybody would probably raise their hand because I feel like this is just the nature of being a woman and having to navigate, you know, this awakening of our our ourselves to ourselves again because we haven't had that luxury for thousands of years and now we're in a unique mm-hmm. time we're like no i really want to befriend myself i really want to bring her forward and befriend all of my parts of myself so that i'm not fragmented anymore yes and so how do you keep yourself from feeling fragmented like what is your favorite favorite go-to practice that you would want to share Ooh, from feeling fragmented I think it really, for me, involves getting in the body and doing something that will make me feel strong and then also letting myself soften. So I used to be a little more rigorous um, and now I've really stepped into the softening, but going on a run like in the woods, in nature, just um, or maybe it's a walk, either or just letting myself immerse in nature and it jump into that wonder and to recognize that all of these parts outside are a part of me too. And kind of coming back to myself through my environment has been really what I've been focusing on lately. You know, for me, it will probably always go back to the morning routine. Like that's my go-to. I will not make it through a day if I don't take time for my breath and or my writing and some movement. But for me, having that foundational morning routine keeps me whole, keeps me meeting all of the parts of me. Yeah. So starting with yourself first thing in the morning, like in in this repetitive devotion to yourself has created a foundation that you can stand on 
throughout your day and come back to it because now it's become familiar and you've created a nice place for, you know, those parts of yourself to be there with you too. It sounds very beautiful. It's and coming so, home to myself that way. Home to yourself. Yes. So Holly, how can our listeners connect with you? Because I know you have a book coming yeah. up, which the title is To Be Determined. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you can stay connected with me by following me on Instagram. The handle's at Holly's Asia. And you can definitely stay connected by listening to my podcast, How the Wise One Grows. Um, it's on all the podcast things. You can also email me at holly at connect-wellness.com. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me through email or through Instagram message. And if you reach out to me through email, I'll add you to my email list, which is where I'll be sharing first information about upcoming episodes and the book that's to come. Might be called How the Wise One Grows, might be called something totally different. We're still in that feeling into what's a collection of your poetry, right? Yes, it's a collection of my poetry and drawings that kind of pair with these cycles of growth and experiences that work that I am going through and that I imagine others are yeah. as well. You shared some of them on your Instagram um, profile and they're really beautiful. So I'm looking forward Thank to you. the book coming out. And so be sure to stay connected with Holly and so that you can know when the book comes out and you can grab a copy for yourself. In the meantime, listen to her podcast because it really is truly wonderful. And you can drop in and hear how Holly interviews me. I think I was one of your first guests. So <laughs> Yes, you were. The um, episode is titled Divine Feminine Energy. So definitely give give Lindsay a listen over there. Yeah. And so if you're still with us or you're listening to the replay, um, definitely come back and listen um, every week, Thursdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This is what is what is the show name? Women Thriving Unapologetically. <laughs> you do so well through the whole show, and then you have that one moment where you're like, what am I saying? Um, so, it's real. Yeah, please join the Women Thriving Unapologetically Facebook group where you can get tips and tools from me throughout the week and get to connect with our amazing guests, live streaming and after the show. And then also, if you want any personalized mentorship Holly offers that and some also great resources on her website. If you want to connect with me, just simply DM me on Instagram and we can set up a one-on-one conversation where I'll help uncover what might be getting in the way of your joy and living your life fully. And um, the first call is always complimentary. So I will look forward to connecting to each and every one of you. And until next week, this is Lindsay McCowan and Women Thriving Unapologetically. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.